what's this week's Dev in the Detail podcast? I'm Rob Paxton. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul, how's your week off been? Where have you been? Yeah, I went up to uh, Northumbria, near Bamber Castle, stayed up there and um, had, a, had, a, had a week up there, you know, walking a dog on the beaches and what have you. And uh, yeah, a bit of time off work and I watched the Challenge Cup final and uh, enjoyed that and looking forward to the Sunday now, mate. It was nice to have a bit of family time and a bit of time away from central eating and boilers and radiators and all that. So it was good. <laughs> Weather was all right. So yeah, looking forward to the match this week, mate. Not sure how the economy coped with a week off, to be fair, but it did. <laughs> I'm sure they were all right. <laughs> yeah. Also joins us as ever. Well, he's missed a few weeks, but he's back now. We've got Paul Parkin. Uh, how have you been, Parkin? Where have you been? Uh, I've just been hiding, Anna, really. Um, recovering from wins. I I'm not, I'm, we're not used to them, That's are we? Um, no, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I've was. i been preoccupied with other activities, unfortunately, the last couple of weeks. I know I wasn't on, I think, the last two, was I? But we've been away. We've been up to the Lake District for a few, for a few days, so that was nice, and... Uh, like I said, I've come back now with a lurger. So, um, yeah, think things are going great. But, uh, yeah, no, it's good to be back on. Good to be back on. I have missed it. But um, I- I'll be honest, I think football actually took over for two weeks, didn't it? Mm. Doesn't matter to all teams, but there you go. No. Winning two is better than winning none. It's better to be in them than not be in them. <laughs> this is true. Also join us, we've got Chris Bates, the ladies the head coach. Right, Chris, have you been in a way anywhere? No, not, not this week. Thanks for having us again. Um, I was going to go away this weekend, going into Hereford with, with my family for my missus' cousin's 30th, so looking forward to that, really. Oh, I went away last week. I went to Skegness Butlins in Skegness, the Redcoats. Uh, ever been to uh, Butlins, Paul? Or uh, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, and I went to Butlins when I was about 10 with school. We went to Buffelli. Yeah, last year of primary school, I think it was. A long time ago now. It was all yeah. right. Yeah, it was good. Good. I yeah. remember. It was amazing. Uh, loads of like all the rides, all the activities, all the shows, arcades uh, are, are brilliant. Chris, have you ever ventured into one of these uh, establishments with your family? Into an arcade? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got um, my eight-year-old stepson absolutely loves them. So oh. we have a day where typically go out, get a Mackey's, go and spend twenty quid in an arcade and have an absolute ball. It's um, yeah. everything to do. Eight-year-old's yeah. favourite. So. It'll do a bit of family fortunes now then, Chris. Three things you do in a car arcade. So, um, so he's always on the motorbike rides. Yeah. Normally try, uh, chucking the balls at the clowns and typically leaving with less money than you went in with. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I want. I went in with my son and you know the grabber machines made famous by Toy Story where they grab the, grab, grab the toys, uh, the cuddly, te- cuddly to- uh, teddy bears. So, we went, went, went into the arcade a lot when he loves them. And he came up to me and said, Dad, Dad, I want to I'll go on this grabber machine. So I was like, OK, that's fine. So I went around the car and I looked at it and it, it was massive. It was more like a more like a room than a, than a, than a machine. Um, so I went up to it and it was six uh, minions, sort of three foot minions all lay in different positions in the in the uh, in the room, we'll call it. Three so four. put me pound in and uh, I fancy myself at this because, you know, I've got a bit of a dead eye when it comes to things like this. So I'll, put, I'll get the get the claw, and, it, and, I, and I aim for one that's lay slightly at an angle. I'm thinking, you know, this is this could be mine. This one. So I press the button, up, claw goes down, grabs the head, releases it because you think, oh, don't let, let you win the first time, does it? So I moved it slightly to the right hand side, goes down again, grabs it by the middle this time, right, and starts to lift it up. 
right? And it's, don't forget, it's the size of a room, this, this machine. So it gets three, gets three foot in the air, and this minion's like, looks like he's being abducted by aliens. It's kind of bent in half. And it drops then. And I'm like, oh. Art, go, Art drops. My son starts to well up because he really wants this. He wants this big teddy bear. So I go, okay, one more go. We'll go for it. So press the button again. Goes down. Grabs him. Right? Slowly starts to starts to, to, to climb. It's the roof. And he's there in midair. Comes across towards the, the victory bin, we'll call it, where you drop the teddy bears in. And it's coming. And it's coming. And it stops about a yard short and just drops it. And then it's all in, all in the grace, all in, the, you know, in God's hands then, whether this minion's mine or not. So it's the side of the, the bin. It rolls around the rim like an NBA all-star and then drops in head first. Wow. Unbelievable scenes. Flashing lights. You know, music. <laughs> dancing girls. I don't know whether they were just there walking past, whether they were going to a show, but they were there as well. Cheers. It was unbelievable scenes. This guy came, unlocked the door, walked in. And gave me this uh, three-foot minion. And there was absolute scenes in the arcade hall. Hey, I'll tell you what, solving an OKR, I've got a bit to live up to on the uh, <laughs> Sunday after this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds uh, like a film out of that, Rob. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you got me going there. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we had to carry him around. We called him Dave. And we had to carry him around for three days. And then I gave him away at the end. Because if I forgot him all, we'd have to end up paying rent. He was that tall. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so it was a great time though. Portland's fantastic, and I'd, uh, I'd uh, you know I'd advise people to go if you've got kids. It's definitely worth going. So loads to go on the show this week. We'll look at the matches that we've missed since we've been off. We've got all the big news coming out of the club, uh, and then we're going to preview the whole Kia game uh, on Sunday. So we'll start uh, with the games that we missed. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So we'll start with the ladies, Chris. Uh, two games we've played uh, since our last podcast. Uh, away at Hawkins, we always won 44 points to four. Uh, talk us through it. Yeah, it was um, it was a really good occasion, you know. So we moved it to, or Hawkins moved it to the Saturday. And we were straight on after the cameras on uh, at three o'clock on the Saturday. Um, it was just brilliant. So straight out warming up, all the fans still in the stadium just as soon as the final whistle had gone. And, and there was a real kind of sense of occasion about it. And, and we asked the girls to play, really. We said, we, you know, we're... Not necessarily going to track an error count here. We we back you to to be better than than ultimately what they are. We want you to play a really expansive kind of really exciting brand of rugby. And we really want you to show off what women what women's rugby is all about. And um, Lucy popped up with three. Steph Gray popped up with three. And I, I think we did that well. It was it was a really really kind of go over there and get a result, especially when they were fired up to play in front of their own fans. We had to knock that out of them early and then and compete. And we yeah, I was really pleased with us. Yeah, obviously, like you said, uh, hat trick for Lucy McKeown, hat trick for Steph Gray. Who else stood out for you? Um, so Meg Condliffe again was brilliant. Um, she's really had to pick up the baton, kind of um, obviously with Ness not being available. Um, yeah, she was brilliant. Thirty minutes, which was great to get her in a Salford shirt and, and firing. So we stuck her at second row and really gave her a baptism of fire. It was there was, there was a number of good performances in there. You think it was a real statement, obviously going to to Tokyo and winning by that kind of a margin. So, yeah, def- definitely a, a kind of strong statement from us, really. I thought that they were fired up. We really had to earn the right to play. I thought we did that well, really. And, and Serena and, and Meg in particular kind of set the platform for us to ultimately to allow us to do that. They had, you know, some really strong middles that took some dealing with, but then ultimately kind of laid a platform for us to play the game we, we wanted to, really. So coming away with that sort of result was exactly what we kind of 
was our ideal outcome, really. Yeah, and obviously two points clear of the of the second place at that point. You know, when you obviously think about you know how far you've come uh, in the last sort of six months, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's brilliant and uh, stuck record, but it's testament to the to the work that the girls have put in. Ultimately, I've just been been tra- coaching tonight, and and you know they're here again, grafting, doing extras, um, really looking to kind of kick on. Um, so you know they deserve to be there, and 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 I'm delighted for them really with that. Yeah, it's obviously. Uh, you know, amazing, Paul. That, that they've got, you know, you know, two points clear, playing fantastic rugby, and uh, you know, doing extras in training, working hard. Yeah, that that's the way to do it, Rob. Isn't it? I mean, it, it sounds to me like we mentioned every week, don't they? I mean, it sounds like the camaraderie is great within the side, and the team spirit's great. And I mean, if you've got people staying back doing extra training, that belief is is growing, isn't it? And I think you know, listening to to Chris speak, I think he. He really enjoys what he's doing. He really enjoys his job and, and, and working with them. And it must be an absolute pleasure to train him. Yeah, and obviously the profile's grown uh, over the over the months as well. Parking, it's you know it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, like Paul said, you know we we, we mention the girls every week. I mean, it's, it's just been this phenomenal upward spiral, hasn't it? For from from that first game against Swinton, where we we didn't know what to expect to where we are now, or you know certainly, I mean, the whole KR result was. It, you know, it's a massive to, to go over to, to uh, the East Riding, you know, and, and put a score up like that. That's that's some effort because they, you know, we know what they're like. You know, they they look, live and breathe rugby league, don't they? The women as as much as the men, and that that you know that that's a real sort of statement. I think that sends out to, to to teams in higher leagues that you know this this team's on the rise it, it, again. It shows that the work that goes in these the results like that don't just happen. You don't just suddenly score 40 points by throwing the ball about. You know what I mean? Things have been worked on in training, obviously. Like we're just saying there, Chris is saying, the girls, you know, I've read about them doing extras on, on Mondays and then, like, you know, they've been training again tonight. You know, these these girls, are t- you know, this is serious stuff. This isn't, you know, this isn't just a, a cakewalk. It's not something they're doing for a laugh. You know, and, and there's some real commitment being shown. And um, it, it doesn't surprise me, to be fair, because when you put, you know, you put the work in, you get the results out. And uh, that, yeah, that 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 game against OKR. I mean, when I saw the result, I was I was knocked over. I thought I think we'd mentioned a few weeks earlier when we were going through the fixtures coming up, and I think we said that they'd be tough. Anything up on sort of Humber side is is always tough. You know, men, women, amateur, whatever it is. But um, no, but a brilliant result, and uh, you know, like you say, put them too clear at the top of the league. Yeah. So moving on to to this week's. Uh, game, Chris, and obviously our first defeat, Alton away. Obviously, we're struggling with injuries and, and absentees. It was a, it was a tough game. Yeah, it was really tough, and, and and no excuses from us that we were beaten by the better side on the day. Um, you know, I, I was about to go and give you a lot of excuses. We had to bounce a few players around, and um, you know, we we lose Lucy nine minutes in. That you know, Lucy's our starting fullback for for all the right reasons, and um, and that means we've kind of got to put Steph Gray to fullback to cover her and. And Brogan comes in on debut and she's not really trained with us all that much. She's just kind of finished her trial and come in. And then all of a sudden she's at nine. So your spine completely changes. And we, we said as, as we were kind of reacting and as we were having to make them subs, we said that what we really wanted to see out of this was kind of forget the result, really. If we win, then fantastic. What a massive bonus. But we want to see him play with a bit of heart now because that's what it's going to need. Um, so, OK, our structures aren't going to work perfectly. Um, but we want to see him re- we want to see the, the kind of the girls really stick with with Alton and, and really go toe-to-toe with them and, and really kind of show the belief in a different circumstance. So it's all well and good believing you can score 50 when you're 30 up. What about when the chips are down a little bit and you've got every reason or you've got every excuse in front of you to perhaps 
go back in your shell a little bit or not turn out a performance that you're proud of. And they just didn't. So they tired and the line speed dropped off because, you know, we were down to one sub at one point and that's all okay but they kept showing up they kept putting their bodies in front they kept trying to play rugby and and you know the, their coach said afterwards that he didn't really feel like the score reflected the game they got a couple of late tries and there was one kind of we should have had a dropout where you know the ref just misses the ref just misses a, a, a player knocking it dead and, and and we're celebrating a dropout and he gives a tap 20 and that takes the wind out of your sails a little bit but you know same reaction again they start they keep turning up and and they keep kind of putting the bodies in front. They keep defending with everything they've got to stop them coming through. And, and, and we, I was really proud of them for that. And they were gutted afterwards. There were tears in that changing room. And we were stood in front of them saying, hang on, this is not the end of the world by any stretch. We react. We go again. We weren't going to go unbeaten. We, we just put our nose back to the grindstone. And then, and then we've seen them do that this week. So a, a week off will do us the world of good with those injuries. And um, looking forward to seeing what they churn out when they... Yeah, I'll come down saying. Obviously, you know, Alton are a very good side. Uh, they beat Castleford and they beat Wakefield in, in their Challenge Cup sort of run. People say that you learn more in defeat than you do victory. What can you take from, from the game on uh, Sunday? The, the only department I thought they were better in was that they had some really kind of kind of established players who, who, who knew each other inside out. And we're never going to have that this early in. So they had a, they played to a second row all the time who really was our undoing. So their halfback would, would play to their, to their kind of left edge. That second row would hit a lead, win a collision. And then they'd all just instinctively play off it. And, and we're getting there with that stuff. But that was the difference, really. That every time we put them into trouble with our, with our defence, they got out of it through that. Um, and, and those relationships will form amongst the group. They just take time. So I think that's probably the big thing I took from it, really. Obviously, Parker, do you think there's a kind of a, a right time to, to, to get beat because I, I remember looking remembering back to when we were in the uh, old first division we played Lee in 2003 and we had to pay them six times <coughs> uh, that season and the pressure built sort of week on week whether we'd, we'd go through the whole season undefeated so we went through the most of the season we got beat against Featherston away I think we got beat mm-hmm. against Hulkiar away and that kind of them defeats were defeat we lost at the right time I think uh, so the pressure didn't build too much which put too much pressure on the players do you think this is a similar thing? That that's a tough one, isn't it? Is there ever a good time to lose? I, I know what you're saying. I do I do get it. It's like a monkey off your back, isn't it? We go into a game. Is this the week? Is this the week? The pressure builds, uh, and it, it, it will play part in your mind. I mean, I was part of a you know when I was young. I was showing you the other day a, a photograph uh, of a very successful team. We went on for years and not not losing strangely enough. And then I remember we played a friendly away at Blackbrook. And uh, for some reason, they just wiped the floor with us. We didn't know where it came from or whatever. And that kind of, that knocked us a bit. It really did. And I know you say, you were asking Chris before about, you know, you, you learn more in your feet. I, I think it just opened up cracks. That was my fear at the time that I thought, oh, we're not that good. We, we're not, you know, and it put doubt in your mind. But on the, on the flip side to that, do you then work on them better? Do you make yourself, I mean, that's, that's what you should do. But in the back of your mind, is, is there a bit of a worry there that uh, could that happen again? Now, at the moment, obviously, like Chris has just said, you know, we've got players missing. You can't, I don't know the, the full depth of the ladies' team. I don't know how many players you can call from, you know, for week in, week out. You know, do, do some teams have more players? A bit like, you know, Super League at the moment. You know, our first team was down to its bare bones a few weeks ago. Other teams had players going out on loan. You know, it's kind of, that. that's the situation you've got to try and manage. Um, but, Going back to, to your question, I, I, I suppose so. It gives us something to work on. Uh, you know, the back end of the seasons when, you know, trophies or whatever are given out, aren't they? 
at the moment we're still building and uh, hopefully we will learn from that. Um, but what we can learn from, like, again, you know, going back to what Chris has said there, we had one sub at one point. That makes it, it's unbelievably difficult. The, the, the energy you expend while you're on the park, because certainly as the forwards, you know, and you can't interchange. You've, like say, you've lost your fullback. There's been movement around the pitch. You'll learn more about the attitude of your players. That's that's a guarantee. Mm. Um, so I, I suppose in some ways it, it it could be beneficial in the long run. But I'll be honest, I was absolutely gutted when I saw the score. But you know, it, it, like I said, you're not going to win every game. You know, you look at Saints; they're absolutely unbelievable in the in the Super League. But they get beat. It's what happens. Uh, it's how you bounce back now. Yeah, reaction to that, Chris. Obviously, I made a little list about of our absentees. Uh, no, Serena, is it Tapau? No, YPS. No, Alex Simpson. No, Vanessa Hadley. So you, you didn't have, you know, you know, uh, the 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 wide range of, of quality that you usually have to pick from. No, no, we didn't. And um, you know, I, I'll I'll only ever be straight with you, and that we kind of thought the same. That's a test of character that we we haven't seen yet. We've got we're. We're lucky to have some fantastic players littered through that squad. You know, I, I get the pleasure of watching them every every week, well, three times a week, and they show the quality time and time again in, in how skillful they are and, and how ambitious they are and how hard they prefer to work, and that's all great. But all the excuses were written for us. So, you know, I'm sure we've, we, we may well have all played in teams that have just gone and folded because we kind of knew it wasn't our day from the outset. But but they didn't. You know, they didn't. They, it was 12-10 to us at half-time, and, and we, we really stuck at it, and we're thinking, well... No, when when Lucy goes off, she adds that list of injuries, and then all of a sudden we've got someone playing at fullback who's never played at fullback before. Then we push her to nine, but she never trained at nine for us really. Um, and that, then we have to take Steph away from Steph, caused chaos in the ranks. She's become really good at that centre role, kind of bursting onto a ball off off Lucy. But all of a sudden, Steph's at fullback, Lucy on the sideline, and then and then you know our physio was just busy all day trying to keep trying to trying to kind of keep. 13 players on the pitch. I think I'm just I'm just proud of them for sticking at it and not kind of accepting all that. It was a, it was effectively a free pass. We could have sat on this podcast and said, ah, oh, well, loads missing. We lost eight to nil. We'll go again next week. We know that's not a fair reflection of us, but they, they've just got more pride in the shirt than that. And you can't you can't coach that. Um, you actually you talked a little bit earlier about um, how hard they prefer to work and. And, I, and I, you know, I was in the middle of connection problems, but I think you gave us some raps as coaches as to how we've worked with them. But I think it's much wider than that. So the reason they're prepared to work so hard is because how, how the entire kind of Salford Red Devils community is bought into them. And, and you guys have a massive part to play in that. I know the girls listen to this every week. You've equally got um, kind of the way the club are bought into us. So they, Alton commented on the, the, the executive coach we turned up on, on on Sunday and said, you know, can we borrow it and whatever and um, we, I'm sat here kitted out so that we look the part and, and all of that stuff adds up to, to, to kind of make this a real opportunity for the, for the girls that they're well aware of. Um, and it didn't have to be like this. We, we could have been kind of a bit more ragtag and a, and a lot cheaper to run and, and we could have been, but it wouldn't have brought the same commitment from the players. So I think all of that stuff does really kind of add up to, to bring performances like that. Ultimately, Salford kind of deserve those out of this group. Yeah, and obviously, Paul, the investment is important. Obviously, the club invested in the ladies, and, and they, you know they they repaying them with some fantastic performance. And, and to be, you know, part of the the Salford Devils family, you know, is a massive thing. And then 
obviously, like Chris said, being kitted in, in the right kit and, and all being together, it sends out a message, doesn't it? Yeah, I think Chris has just hit the nail on the head there with what he said about like, everybody buying into it. That must spur the girls on that, you know, knowing they've got the public are solved behind them and, you know, people like us talking about them as well. It's not just something that's hidden away now, like a secret. They're out there and, you know, for everybody to see. And, um, you know, at the start of the season, who'd have thought after that Swinton game it would have grown to be to be this big? I think it's snowballing every week now, isn't it? And, no, it's testament to everybody involved. You know, I'm sure Chris has got like a, a day job he has to do as well and things like that. And it's a lot of hard work. Same for the girls. You know, you're not, you're not professionals. You've got other things that go on in your lives as well. And you've got to do this... I obviously enjoy doing it, but it's commitment, you know, going training and that. It's hard work. I do a bit of, of boxing myself and bits and bobs after work. And believe you me, like when you've been working all day, it's hard to get your, get your bobble hat on and get out there and go running and, and, and working and that. So I think testament and you get, they're getting the rewards, aren't they, for doing it. And just going back to what you were saying there about defeat, I think there's fear in being beaten sometimes, isn't there? You know, and obviously you want to win and there's always that fear of getting beat. But I think when you do get beat, there's the week you always want to get back in training, work hard, and put things right. And I'm, I'm sure the girls will do that. Yeah, if he they tried their hardest, though, and, and that's all as a coach, you can ask for it, Chris. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Re- re- I keep saying it, but I say it because I mean it. Really proud of the way they reacted to some adversity on on um, on Sunday. We've we've talked a bit about putting them in different situations and seeing how we react, and that was just another one. And and again, they uh, for me, albeit result didn't go our way, they've excelled themselves and. And then you look at the reaction on Monday and Wednesday and, and they're just raring to go for next week. What we need is for a few of them to put themselves back together and look after themselves and, and stop training through injuries is becoming a problem. You know, that sometimes commitment's too much, isn't it? Well, is, that, is that like a kind of a, an educational side for the player to think that, oh, you know, I don't have to, tra- I don't train today because I need to be right in two weeks' time? We, yeah, definitely. And, and we've had to do quite a bit of work with it. I'll tell you, it's the worst for it. I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but Lucy's a nightmare for it. So right. she she will push herself as hard as she possibly can to give ultimately everything to this year. And, and it's phenomenal from a fair play. But there's a time when you think, do you know what? Breaking down in a sprint on a Wednesday night isn't going to help us in the season. We need to see the big picture. Let's leave you out of training tonight so that you're right for Sunday or, or maybe even leave you out the game for your right so you're right for the week after. This is a season and we've got to manage quite a small team through that entire season uh, at the minute, fighting on two fronts as well. So, so yeah, that, that's definitely been a learning curve for, for some of them. And I'll tell you something for nothing, they hate coming off the field. <laughs> I tell you, is it 12 tries in four games? I'd wrap her up in, in bubble wrap, wouldn't let her go for a week. And I'd have some yeah. worse on, get injured herself. <laughs> you will do until she shoots you that look as you try and take her off. Well, that's true. <laughs> there is that. There is that. So, um, talking about sort of players, uh, Chris, you, you've uh, sort of brought a couple in uh, to your squad. Um, you know, some some good signings that I think are going to sort of raise the, the standard even higher. Yeah, I hope so. That's what we're looking for now. So we're only bringing a player into our ranks now if they've A, earned the right and B, they, they push us on as a group. I'm a big believer in the more play, the more kind of playing around better players makes you a better player. And and so that's that's really what we're trying to do with the people we brought in. So with Serena coming in, with Brogan coming in, then ultimately those are players who've played, you know, at Super League level who can kind of continue to kind of push us on. And and sometimes that's as simple as just kind of mentoring some of the more inexperienced forwards as, as Serena's been doing well. Um, and then Brogan will make a mark on us as well and give us some strength for depth in the back. Yeah. Obviously, just touching on Syrian Tamau, England international, 
uh, uh, prop forward, come from Warrington, you know, had to, had to leave Warrington then and go through our sort of trial system. And now she, she plays for us. It's great. That obviously, we've, we've got a, an international front row in the in the rank. Yeah, it's brilliant. What what we'd like to do is, is get her kind of firing so that she's back at that international level and, and back pulling on that jersey again. And she's, she's, she'll tell you she struggled with the rugby in the last couple of years, really, through, through COVID and all the rest of it. And she's come down here because of the environment and because of the backing they get from the club and, and because that this feels to her like an environment that she'll kind of thrive in and will bring the best out of her. So looking forward to seeing that. Um, and Brogan the same. So Brogan's played for Warrington at Super League level previously, and but primarily played rugby union. So we kind of had to wait a little bit for Brogan after she stuck a name on the trial list. We knew we needed a nine, but equally she was tied up captain in her county for rugby union. So um, that kind of speaks to her quality. And, and yeah, looking forward to seeing what she adds to us really. Yeah, you've obviously got a week off uh, this week, uh, Chris. Obviously, it'll be a, a sort of a mixture of training and resting. Yeah, so I've just spoken to him at the end and said, look, I, I don't care what you do this weekend, but look after yourselves. You know, don't get out and do extras and push yourself if you if you know you kind of you're already carrying or not. Use this as an opportunity because we won't get many of them as we get into the thick end of the season. So I'm I'm open. They listen to me and go and do that. We need to. Yeah, uh, obviously, Paul Rowley said something similar to us, similar to us, didn't he, Paul? Again, when I think we played Settling, he said he just told the players just to go away for two weeks and, and relax. Yeah, well, I think sometimes you, you, you need to, don't you? I think after that St. Helens game, the players were a bit broken and battered, weren't they? They'd given their all for uh, you know for a couple of weeks and, and were down to the bare bones, weren't they? And, and sometimes I think you can you can train a bit too much, can't you? And you, you're asking you know a lot when there's nothing left in the tank, can't you? So sometimes you just need that rest and recuperation time, don't you? And, I remember we spoke to Paul Rowley a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I think with the Challenge Cup break, he was going to do things differently, wasn't he, as well? And sometimes it's not all about flogging the players, is it? And you do all that in the pre-season. It's about touching things up and just, just working on little things, isn't it, in, the, in throughout the season as you go through? Yeah. Standing lay at home, uh, Chris, the next one. Obviously, be fired up, ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're itching to go. Yeah, they're, they're just desperate to turn, a, turn out a performance. We've been on the road quite a bit in the last few weeks and, you know, they've spoken tonight amongst themselves about, you know, really wanting to kind of set the record straight and, you know, this isn't the wheels falling off as some some in the league may may well even hope. This, this is just a, a loss at a time that probably came at, at, you know, for all the right reasons, given how many absences we had and, and you know, a chance for us to kind of bounce back and, and I suppose send a bit of a message so yeah they're, they're raring to go yeah thanks for coming on Chris uh, we'll let you get back in when it's a bit warmer <laughs> yeah thanks for having us and I mean what I say you, you guys have been great in talking about us all the time and, and it really does kind of help build the it leaves them under no illusions the group is so important they are to kind of the Salford community and you know I, I hope you know the impact you've had on them so thanks for having us on and, and thanks for your, your coverage of us brilliant cheers, cheers Chris cheers cheers, cheers. Yeah. cheers mate so other game as well was the reserves they were in action against Bradford at home lost 32 points to 16 Danny Barton's men uh, working hard but not getting results Parker yeah uh, they seem to they seem to be doing that it seems to be from what you you read of them they're in they're in games and they certainly you know they give they give everything they've got but they're just coming up short a little bit at the moment uh, again I don't really know what what kind of depth we've got to rely on who's available when obviously I mean he's a, he's a lad to allow you know, college or uni work as well, or even jobs at this stage, you know, and what, you know, you don't know who's available week to week to, to what's in you can field, whether there's any consistency there, but it'll come together and this experience will, will help them. Don't, I mean, we're, we're coming at this from, from scratch now, aren't we? This, these reserves and we, we've not had a reserve team for God how long, not an academy. These lads have been thrown together. And like Chris was just saying there about the ladies, 
you know, they're still learning, they're still developing, they'll, they'll find their their way and, and, and how the, the patterns of play that they're going to use and who does what for who. And um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's never good, it's never like getting beat, you know, and these, these lads have obviously gone away and a little bit, you know, battered and bruised, but, but we'll be learning from it. And it's about keep, you know, Danny keeping the, the lads together, keeping their, their confidence up. And just keep going and learning, and hopefully, you know, in two or three years' time, these lads are going to be, you know, first team players, um, just by what they're learning now. And like you, you said before, you know, what do you learn in defeat? These lads could be getting well educated at the moment. Yeah, and working hard. Obviously, tries from Josh Rock, uh, Dan Spencer Tonks, um, Paul. You know, this Dan Spencer Tonks, good player. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly showing his class in that uh, sort of reserve grade. Yeah, do you know what? The, the reserve grade is tough, isn't it? I've said it before, you're playing against physical sides, aren't you? Sometimes you're playing against players who are coming back from injury, players who are a lot more experienced than what you've got as a youngster. And, and it's a tough apprenticeship, if you like, but it's where you get your experience from. So it, there's nothing tougher than playing top-line rugby league, is there? So this is a good grounding for it. Once you get into that Super League or even the Championship League one, it's a difficult job. So this is where you learn your trade now as a young player coming through. You're learning against you know good pros. And, uh, and, yeah, and yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll see players come through that system. I really am. I think we've got some talent there. It's just, it is difficult. It, it takes time to, to grow teams, doesn't it? You know, with, with, with the first team, it can take um, weeks and weeks before you can get the players playing together and, you know, relationships formed and, you know, things coming off. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that now. We have done the last couple of weeks, haven't we? It does. It takes time for for these partnerships and that to get together. So, yeah, I think reserves is, is, a, is a work in progress. I don't think they're expected to go and going beaten for the season worthy it's, it's a learning curve for them and you know Danny and Danny Barton as well he's doing a good job he is doing a good job and I think they're going to get better and we're going to get some gems coming through Yeah. so that's all the look back at the, the games that we've, we've played since we've been off and now we'll look at all the big news coming out of the club this week So we'll start with the biggest news uh, Sebastian Gerrard has been in negotiations with the stadium and the club to purchase both uh, Parker. What do you make of that? Um, you know, I, I, I'm so reluctant to even dream about it at the moment. Um, look, when was at the match the other weekend and the my mate sat next to me just showed me a message that had been sent to him saying, you know, look, look at this, you know, out of the blue completely. I was like, I was jumping for joy. I thought, this, is, this can't be. This doesn't, you know, this won't happen to Salford now. It's hopeful. Very promising news. Um, I don't really know how the bidding process is going to work for the stadium. I don't. I, I, there's too many parties involved for my head to, to even equate who does what for when. And you know, if we, if, if if Seb buys the the stadium, who's he buying it off? Is it 51 percent the council and 49 Peel and Sailor involved? And I, I'm not. I can't get into all that. But the investment in the team is is what we're we're crying out for. We all know that. And if the two come together and we know that if the stadium is bought and it belongs to Salford Rugby League Club and, and whoever else, the money you can make off that on a match day through, you know, your, your, your retail, because obviously you could open your own shop again. Who knows? You know, uh, your bars and everything else, the meals, that, that that's going to be massive. What, what a fillet that would be every single week. And that's what that stadium was built for. That was the dream that John Wilkinson had. What, 20, 20 odd years ago, really? 
you know, that, that it would be self-sustaining. You wouldn't need one man at the top with a load of cash trying to throw it at it. It would run itself. And that's that's what we've got to look for. Uh, it's, it's really exciting. Obviously, like I say, I'm still a bit, you know, anything can happen in business. The, the, the contract can, you know, keep can mean nothing, can it? And uh, the council may decide to go a different way. They may get offered more money from somewhere. We're still none the wiser as individuals and as fans, but you can't help but get a little bit giddy and get a little bit of, uh, you know, that that thing I think we got when uh, when Marwan came through and we thought, this is it, we're going to dominate the game. You know, we're going to be this, that and the other. Um, obviously, it didn't quite turn out that way. Um for, for many reasons, but um, no, really exciting, really exciting. I don't want to sound, you know, that I just don't want to get myself too giddy about it. But you know, the next few weeks and months are going to be really, you know, really interesting. Yeah, Gerard Swinton is a local company. Paul involved in Harwich. Uh, it's got links to rugby league in the in the sort of sixties and seventies. Uh, so he he seems like he knows. You know, sort of what rugby league's all about. Yeah, I think perhaps it was in his family because I think he's a similar sort of age to us, Sebastian Gerard, isn't he? But I know, just speaking off what my dad's told me from years ago, I know when, when our Jeff played for, for Swinton in the 70s, a lot of the lads who signed worked with Gerard. So you got a job with Gerard, you know, it went hand in hand with signing for Swinton. So I think, they, I can't remember what they used to do, they like joinery and builders and all that sort of stuff. I know they do all these now and you see the wagons floating about, don't you? And that they look quite a big business there. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm a bit like Parky, really. I was taken by the blue. I heard somebody mention it at the, the cast game, he said it was on Sky and, and what have you. So yeah, it's exciting, but... I try not to to think about stuff like that. Really. I just sort of concentrate on the the, the players and the, or the match, what's going on. Stuff like money and all that tends to go over my head. So just leave it to the people who are in charge. But like Parkinson, you can't fail to to get excited about something. I mean, we go through life as solvent supporters, constantly looking over our shoulder, don't we? Are we going to be able to afford this? Are we going to be able to keep going? You know, we're we going to have to have a bucket collection for this. You know, what's it? The um, Squad builder things like you know scraping money together. And we do a fantastic job at that. Let's let's make no bones about that. You know supporters raising money, proper community feel to the club. But it always feels like it's really difficult. And if if you were self sufficient, all those sort of worries would go away, wouldn't they? And I know what you said before about when Marwan Q Cash came in and that sort of approach. Yeah, of just chucking money at everything didn't work. I didn't think so. If 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 Sebastian Gerard does take or I think you've got to do it properly with the right foundations. You can't just come in and wave a big check and because teams will take the mickey out of you if you said you've got a load of money the price goes up on all the players that's what happened to Kuka she just got ripped off left right and centre so yeah if, if this guy comes in and, and, and does it the right way looks after the club and has got the best intentions of the club at heart he's got my full support so uh, so yeah we'll have to watch this space and see how it develops yeah Paul King back the bid he said I welcome these talks especially as Salford Devils is a community club when the business owners like Sebastian are local personally I wish Sebastian every success in the pro- proposal as in it's as it is future evidence that rugby league is a valued asset in the region. Parky, so that's obviously good news that that Paul King's backed his uh, approach. Listen, I think just going off what Paul said there about the, the differences between Q Cash and, and and what may happen. One thing that we've got to do if if the guy wants it is is leave Paul King running the show. Mm. I think he he knows he understands what what it's all about. He knows the boundaries of rugby league. He knows. You don't just come in and start, you know, throwing money about. That's that's not how this game works. It's not football. You can't just do that. I think with 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 money, you know, like going back to to when John Wilkinson was in charge. If someone had come in, then John would have absolutely opened his arms up a thing and said, you know, 
help me out here. We'd, we'd have been on a fantastic trajectory at that point, I think. I mean, Gerard is a, it is a massive company. It is. Um, and obviously, Sebastian and his family are successful businessmen. So you bring that in with the knowledge of, of Paul King, of what he's learned over the last two or three years about running a club, especially a community club. Ian Blees and his knowledge of rugby league and how it, you know, how it works. Um, I think we've got a real good thing going on. And then you look at the rest of the club, and, and Chris mentioned it about the girls having all the, you know, all the gear. They're turning up on executive coaches. Yeah, I remember the eighteen years ago, and and uh, when we were at the Willows, and one night Featherstone turned up, and we thought, you know, they they, they turned up in all the tracksuit, all the bags, everything was Featherstone. Now that's turned up in the jeans and t-shirts, all the building gear. And the, the feel of it, just you just thought, you know, these are professional. Why, why are we like that? And you look at it now, and everything that the club does from top to bottom is spot on. And this is where we just need that money now at the top end for the, you know, for that, that can go into that first team to bring the success, to bring the fans in, which then again brings the money in and everybody wins. Um, but, but for me, yeah, I mean, I, I think, if I'm not wrong, you know, I think Gerard's had something to do with building the North Stand at the Willows. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they, they had some part in that back in the late 60s. So, yeah, and it, the other thing is I did read a, a quote from, from Swinson as well, mm. that the big conversations, and I think, that's, I think that's brilliant. You know, I'm not a Swinson fan by any means, but I'd happily share that stadium with Swinton Lions. No problem at all. It's, it's for the people of Salford. It was built for the city of Salford. You know, Swinton playing it wherever they are at the moment. It's no good for anyone. It's no good for the game. Um, so, uh, you, you know, it'd be nice for them to have a permanent base as well. So, you know, fingers crossed everything can go the way we want it to. And, you know, within the next year or two, we could all be very happy Salford fans again. The uh, talk, talking to Twitter talk, Ian Blees, he tweeted, aiming to put a legacy in place for the future of our club, the stadium and the city, which is, which is you know, fantastic for me. But we're talking about Twitter and it's one of them where it's... There is a, an account that is allegedly um, Sebastian Gerrard. And we know with, with Twitter, it's sometimes people on Twitter aren't the people who they say they are. So he, he, what, have you read that that tweet, uh, Parker? Par- par- yeah, yeah, I saw it the other night uh, while we were away. I was reading it. Um, I mean, it read extremely encouragingly. Um, if, it is, if it is actually, you know, genuine, I mean, yeah. there's no way of knowing, but... But looking at you know Ian Blees and, and Paul King both following this this account, I've no reason to actually doubt you know its validity. But again, that that statement coming out, um, that's what worries me a little bit when statements coming out before we've we've moved on. Yeah, you know, get these these things done. But yeah, it was. I mean, it's a fantastic read. It did sort of give you that that warm feeling, didn't it, when you read it? That smile of wow, this is it. Yeah, I've got it here. It says, "Let's be crystal. Many things Salford." may be famous for, but backing out of a fight is not one of them. It's If it has anything to do with me, the Red Devils will be playing at the AJ Bell. Let's create a legacy, and the city, and the, uh, let's create a legacy the city can be proud of, which is, you know, a massive sort of statement. And I suppose, like you said, uh, sort of Parker, it's when a sort of somebody, a sort of businessman is trying to take over a, a sort of a club or a business, the good ones do it quietly. So for us not to hear from him, you know, officially uh, until the deal is done is is probably a good sign, would you say? Yeah, I think it's a tough one. Like you say, because it came from nowhere. 
There was no sort of build up to this. This just dropped at the Castleford game, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you think, where does this come from? Who starts this, these, you know, rumours? Why would you? You know, especially a company like Gerrard's, which, you know, I've, I've heard, and Paul, like Paul said, you see the wagons going about and all that kind of stuff. But you wouldn't just go, I'll just make something up about a company I know very little about mm. trying to buy. But there must be something behind it. And that's why now I, I don't, I don't particularly care if I don't hear anything for the next six months, as long as something is happening behind the scenes. I don't need to know that. We we don't need to know that as people. That the financial side of it, you know, the business side, that's nothing to do with us. This is a personal transaction from from a company, you know, and it's going to cost, you know, let's be honest, if he's going to buy the stadium, sixteen to twenty million quid just to buy a stadium. Never mind, put money in a rugby club. You know, this is this guy's fortune and his family's fortune. It's up to him what he does with it. We don't need to know anything. We just need, you know, be nice to know that, yes, yeah, something is going on behind the scenes and, and rest. Because let's be honest, we, we own nothing at the moment, mm. you know, so we, 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 we're losing nothing and we could be gaining everything. So, um, yeah, I, it, it's a tough one not to get giddy about. But uh, like I say, if I don't hear, it, it doesn't mean that it's all bad news, does it? No. What do you think, uh, Paul? Get it done. Get it done quietly. Then get the family. Yeah, that, that that's the way to to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do business, Rob. I I'm not bothered about the finances of the club and, and uh, all the finer details and the the sort of telephone numbers out of these amounts of money you're talking about. But no, I I just concentrate on the rugby league. I get lost in all that sort of stuff. I've never been a never been a money man myself, really. <laughs> just keep it in the bank and let me missus deal with it. But no, no. So yeah, it's encouraging though. It, it is good. It, it, you want we need somebody like that, I think, don't we, to to uh, to invest in the in the club and just going back to what you said about the stadium, it, got nothing against. Well, I say I've got nothing against Sale, but I suppose I have. I'm not into rugby union, never have been. And the way they sort of swan their way into the stadium, the stadium was built for us, and they, they sort of tried tried to push us out of it, really. I think, and 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 maybe a bit underhand as well. And I wouldn't lose sleep if they if they were booted out and we had Swinton in there. I mean, I'm no Swinton supporter, but I'd welcome Swinton with open arms over, over Sale Shark. So, uh, I mean, it gets me sometimes. You know. Sales not in Salford. Nothing to do with Sales. Got absolutely nothing to do with Salford. Absolutely nothing to do. They're tenants, aren't they? In our stadium. So, uh, so that stadium was built for Salford Rugby League Club and the community of Salford, and that's how it should stay. And um, if this this business with Gerard gets sorted and we get to have our our great city as a rugby league club that's got hundred odd years of tradition staying there in the city, I think that's a good thing for us. So, uh, so yeah, that's my opinion on it. The call. It's like the Cold War. Uh, Salford and Sale. No, they both, you know, express each other's, you know, love for each other and gratitude. But behind the scenes, there's always a little bit of nibbling going on. And um, from obviously, I live in Sale, so I get to sort of hear on big news about stuff that's going on. And for me, it's Sale is it's, it's uh, AJ Bell or or bus for them because you tried to build a stadium near TGI Fridays and got mm-hmm. turned down. And they need the AJ Bell. So if Alex, if um, Sebastian Gerrard is, 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 you know, thinks about that, he could say, right, you can find, you can still put the AJ Bell, but you're paying double rent, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere for sale to go. So I think, you know, it will be very interesting to see sort of what happens in the next sort of, you know, few months if, if, you know, Salford can, you know, 
get um, you know, you know, Sebastian Jarrett involved, and then how it affects Salford City as well, Parker, because obviously they're talking about moving to the AJ Bell, and if they'll, you know, continue on that route. So it's it's all a bit of a you know a, a, a rumor and you know. Uh, you know, half truths and, and sort of news. I clicked on a, a link today, uh, saying, "Oh, your big news," and I thought, "Oh yeah, it's more, it's more news." But it was. We just rehashed, so uh, yeah. it's a bit like we're all sitting and waiting. But like you said, you know, I'd rather it, it all got, you know, die down. We all go a bit quiet, and uh, the deal gets done. Yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if Sale were asked to leave. Very surprised. I think their rent alone, uh, if you're a businessman. And you know there's guaranteed rent coming oh, yeah. in all the way through the winter when your when your rugby league teams aren't playing. Hmm. I uh, it's having them or, or Salford City, and for me, you've got to look at Sailor in there at the moment. You know, Sailor already paying the bills. You know, I think they'd have to be favourites to stay there. Hmm. Um, but like you say, and I, I did mention on Twitter the other day that you put the rent up, you have to, because that's what they're going to do to us if they buy the oh, stadium. Yeah. They've already said that. We know that's a fact. So. You know, we the stadium could be paying for itself in many ways to uh, the Gerrards or, or who, whoever owns it, and then anything on top is a massive bonus. So, yeah, I, I can't see Tail moving out. And like you say, what other options they haven't got any of them. Right. So, I think the only one maybe would be could they move to to Man City's little you know thing, but it's not big enough, is it? So, it, it's interesting. The next few, uh, like I said, the next couple of years are going to be. Very interesting times, and uh, if if come twenty twenty four, we're still at the AJ Bell Stadium, uh, I think that will mean we're in a very 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 good position. So we're all going to sit tight and, and see what see what happens in the next uh, few weeks and months. Uh, other news: Over at Devils Foundation, been been, been organising rugby festivals in Radcliffe and in Sale. Uh, Paul, it's great. Obviously, they're out and about in in the community, trying to sort of build links and and you know find new fans and players. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and he's getting to that sort of time of the year soon. It will be school holidays and things like that, and uh, kids will be doing these rugby league festivals. And I just hope we get some more of those um, those games at Solver, like we did against Castleford. You know, where we get the community and again and the the school because I thought it was wonderful again to to see that and they're all signing their autographs and things like that so uh, so yeah anything in the community is great and I think we have become we say it all the time that we have become a real sort of hub of the community over the last few years and uh, a long may that continue yeah it's, think... fa- it's fantastic in it in it Paul and you know talking about sort of community the Wigan home game has now been uh, sort of announced as Armed Forces Day uh, people who serve in the in the army and, and the other armed forces can can get a discount tickets, uh, which is great. And also, yeah. if you're part of a youth youth groups, you can always uh, get tickets as well. So I think it's great the club have got these uh, sort of ideas to try and entice uh, fans in. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say actually, I know it wasn't on for the last couple of weeks, but I just wanted to uh, just say how, how magnificently the club did for for the Castleford game for them kids. Mm. The, the players were an absolute credit to themselves, um, staying out there, signing autographs for, you know, easy half an hour after the game, maybe maybe longer. And after, the, you know, 80 minutes of that, you, you want to go and sit down, have a shower, chill out, get some food. And they, there was no, you know, not one player tried to shy away or back out of it. They, it, it was magnificent. Everything the club did the other, that night was, I, I've never seen Salford like this. Never. You know, the, 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 the cards they gave out with the team pitched on the front and the ladies on the back. And it just, my, my nephew came back with one and I looked and I thought, wow. Yeah. 
I'd have loved that as a kid. That would have made my night. I mean, and then he's, he's at the front, he's getting autographs. And, you know, he's like, that was just, just unbelievable. We, we haven't had a chance to do that since we left the Willows. Mm. This kind of interaction as much. Uh, and we did it uh, the Saints game last year, uh, the last game of the season. Leeds, Cass, we've had these fans in. We're going to do a different thing now. For, for we, this, this club at the moment is, you can't speak highly enough of it. It's, it's brilliant everything they do. And that's why I'm saying about somebody coming in at the top level to give the, the money, you know, to the first team. Because the effort that's going in behind the scenes, you know, t- t- for everything else will fall into place. Um, but it was brilliant the other night for, for the cast. I was so proud to be a Salford fan that night. Not just because of the rugby. I mean, the game itself was was brilliant, wasn't it? But um, but but for everything that the club did and the people who worked behind the scenes at that. Yeah, like I said, I've never seen Salford like this in my life. Uh, our mixed ability uh, rugby league team, which is kind of a mixture of our physical disability and learning ability players, will play Lee. Uh, in Lee Festival on Friday, 3rd of June, 3 p.m. kickoff. It's at Lee Rugby Union uh, cl- uh, Ground, which is Round Ash Park, uh, Hand Lane. Postcode is WN73NA. I think it's great. Uh, Paul, obviously, you know, it's uh, Lee Festival and we've got a, a team there uh, representing Salford Devils and it's going to be a fantastic day. Yeah, I think I mentioned to you before about Jamie, one of the lads who plays in the team. Um, my dad drives him about at work and that, and uh, I think it was, was it last week or the week before he come in. He, he got man of the match. At, was it the Hull? Uh, I played in Hull at the festival in Hull, and he come running over to my dad. He said, "I scored an hat trick and the, the 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 game." And my dad just come over and he, he was buzzing. He said, "You know, he's absolutely buzzing with it, and he's he's got a smile as big as anything. He never stops talking about rugby league and that." And I, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great that and. Um, you know, to have these festivals going on as well, it, it just gives a, just gives them a, a great lease of life to go and get involved with that. And I think it's fantastic that the club are getting involved with it. And it's just another uh, sort of string to the the bow of the of the club. Really, it just gets everybody involved and gets everybody pulling in the right direction. And to, just to echo about the the kids as well. I mean, that that game against Cass, I thought was great. And it, our imagine said to me the other day, um, she's that. Into it now, she she told me that Alex Gerrard had signed a new contract. I didn't even know, and she she knows all the players' names, and she's even started debating with me now who should be playing. She said to me the other, the other day, "Oh, what's happening this Sunday? Who's going to get the fullback spot? I think Ryan Briley should be back in." It's like she's telling me her opinion, and she's only been watching the game twelve months. It's it's madness how people can get get up to it, but it's a buzz, and I think the the club has has created that this season. I mean, we've not got to a cup final. We're not top of the table. We're not brilliant. But I think all the good things that are going on outside the first team as well is what's getting people talking about the club in a positive light. So it's, it's all, all been great. This season's been really, really successful, I think, so far. The club aren't the only uh, organisation trying to organise a youth policy here, Paul. And obviously, when you see when you're, uh, you know, going to the 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 the, the field opposite and letting your grades will, will bring her on and she can take us to the next level. Do you think so? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Put him you'll in have, my plate anyway. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to kind of get her to learn all the stats like you do. We can just pull them out the pull them out the the sky. But when when she gets that organised, you're you're in trouble. 
Well, I know I, I had the game on uh, tonight, the, the cast game, just to refresh my mind because I thought we might be talking about it. I thought, I can't remember that. Now it's a couple of weeks ago. So she sat down with me and said, oh, such a body playing well. They're just criticising what's going on. I'm thinking, <laughs> you, you don't know it. You don't know anything yet. You, you've only watched it in five minutes. But even when we was on holiday last week, you're talking about the, the sport all the time. and I think that's great. I mean, it's just touch. She's just one that it's touched, but there, there must be loads of kids, you know, all those kids that were there the other week in the East End, they must be getting hooked to it. And, and you do as a kid, you do. We, us three did, didn't we? You know, when we started going and you just pick things up and you'll you'll get players who are your favourites and, and people who you enjoy. And, you know, look at the, the girls that are going now, you know, young girls like, like our Imogen and, and people like that, seeing the ladies playing as well. I mean... When you were a young girl 20, 30 years ago, you didn't have a ladies' team, so you didn't really have a pathway for you to go and play. You could have played at school or whatever, but you couldn't go and play first-team sort of rugby league on, on Salford's pitch. But now you can, you know, so it's you can you can do anything, can't you? So it's, uh, no, it's, it's magical, it really is at the moment. I'm, I'm enjoying this season. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. Uh, talk about the news that Imogen broke. Uh, Parker, Alex Gerrard. <laughs> Yeah. And two-year extension. I think, you know, it's a fantastic uh, deal there. He played his way in for me uh, at the beginning of the season. Obviously, he went off injured. Uh, he's had a few weeks off. But, you know, very good player. Makes his metres, makes his tackles. You know, we have a term on the podcast where we call him, a, you know, block blockers that, you know, do the work, you know, make the tackles. And for me, he is a, a top-class one of them. Yeah, he's been really good, hasn't he, since he came in. Uh, he's took his chance. I know I was looking at the... Uh, Man of the match stuff, the you know, definitely the details stuff the other week, uh, and the amount of mentions that he's already got, you know, and you think he only plays, he comes off the bench most of the time. He does, he just does his job, but but that's what you need. You need players who do that. Uh, not everybody's, you know, the, the glamour player. Not everybody's going to score hat tricks or, you know, do a Tim Lafayette or something like that. You, you need you need your workhorses, and and he adds some bulk because he's a big lad, you know, and we we we've really lacked that. Um, him and, and I mean I've been really impressed with uh, Tyler Dupree in his couple of games I think for the kids just worked his, his socks off for us and he, he's a big unit and you get a couple of them on your bench you know it'll make us a different team again because we, we have struggled up front but I'm delighted for Alex he's, he's like you say he's worked his way again another player that we've picked up sort of from, from Widness if you like I know he wasn't but like Greg Burke Gil Dudson people like that you know uh, Cross these players are out there you just got to go and look for them, uh, and they want to work, and they want to show that. Then they're not finished. They're not, you know, at the end. They, these are good players, uh, but not everybody gets that chance. And uh, like you always say, Bob, you know, opportunity club. We've we've given him a chance. He's proved he's proved us right. Paul Rowley and and you know, and even Richard Marshall last year or, or whoever spotted his talent, and he's got his contract contract for the next two years, and it's, it's great news. I tell you, people playing podcast bingo tonight, they're going to be ticking boxes all over the show here. Uh, Paul, it's great. I think, you know, great signing. I think Paul Rallis uh, pulled one out of the fire there for me. Yeah, well, Barky just mentioned a couple of names there. Gil Dudson, Greg Burke, you know, um, Alex Gerrard's another one, Dion Cross. These, these players, Chris Wellen was one a few years ago. Do you know what all these players have got in common? I'm going to tell you, attitude. They've got a good attitude. They're not bad eggs. They're good blokes to have around the dressing rooms. And I think Alex Gerrard's one of those. He's come here with a hunger to do well. Yeah, he's been at Lee. He's been at Widnes. He's probably not had that opportunity before. I think Dion Cross is another one. He's never had that Super League chance. But I tell you what, he's took it, that, that Dion Cross. I think he's been a fantastic signing. I mean, if you had a sort of an unsung hero award or... A, 
what's the what's the category really? Like best newcomer or something. Like that. I think Dion Cross would be up for that because I think he's been a great signing. But Gerard as well, he's coming. He's no nonsense. He's not like he's not one of those signs you all get on the edge of your seat for. He's a big international forward coming. He's yeah, he's a worker, but he's impressed me. He's got a really really good attitude. Really nice fella as well. I think when I've like seen him off the pitch and that and uh, and that and that's what we've got. I think we've got a team full of them at Salford. I don't think there's any sort of egos. You've got a team full of lads there who are willing to work and, and willing to put the work in, and that's that's what we've made our our name on over the last few years, haven't we? A good attitude and a good work ethic, and I think if you've got that, you fit into Paul Roller's system really well. Yeah. Uh, other news, uh, Parker, two players from our development squad uh, will be mm-hmm. playing in the European Championships in Italy. Uh, Josh Wagstaff and Charlie, uh, is it Glover? Uh, both mm-hmm. uh, in that development squad, both now playing international rugby. Yeah, isn't Josh, um, isn't he a rooster? Said... I've got this, yeah, I've got information. Uh, Josh Wagstaff, uh, he's a back row centre, age 17, he plays for Salford Roosters, and yeah. Charlie Glover, he's a prop slash loose forward, uh, 17, and he plays for Holton Farm with Hornets. Uh, right. Glover will play for Wales, and uh, Wagstaff will play for England. I mean, he's brilliant, I mean, he's a local lad, you know, that, that's what we want, I mean, for the pair of them, he's brilliant, and we've obviously spotted their talent and brought them in. Which is which is what we you know we've got to do. We have to work a lot harder than a lot of other clubs to do that because you know it's easy if you're a Wigan or a Saints or a Leeds to pick up you know the the, the best of the young players. We have to work that a little bit harder and not being a, a massive rugby league producing area really. It's brilliant to see and you know we, we've got to keep hold of these these lads now. And that's what we were saying before about you know the reserves when they go on. You know hopefully they'll be in the first. These these. Kids now have got got a great chance. You you play you know international. You get a rep at, at any age. It's, it's something to be very very proud of. It shows that you must have some talent because there's a lot of kids out there all trying to do the same thing. Mm. Uh, so it's brilliant to see, and I, I'm obviously delighted that one of them has come from from uh, the the rooster. I think it's a, a a great nod to to the amateur game in the area. Yeah, might be playing for England, but he didn't go two years undefeated like you, Packer. About five years, I think it was. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was fortunate, really. I had the, let, let's just say I was a bit part player in a very good team. He'd ah, say that, wouldn't he? You know, the only top players say that. I, was, I just did my bit. <laughs> like when Steph Gray said, oh, yeah, I scored yeah. against, was it Featherstone Lions? Just picked the ball up and ran. You know, yeah. and I was like, you ran 80 metres a long way around. You know what I mean? But top players, you just underplay it all the time, don't they, uh, Paul? Yeah, it's just a habit, isn't it? They just do it. You know, it's the job, in it? That's what they get paid for. That's what they always say. My dad always says that. You don't get paid to drop the ball. Just do <laughs> your job. And uh, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, quality. Quality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> final bit of news. Uh, Club have announced that they've got, uh, they've, uh, got a new app. Uh, for Android phones and <clears throat> iPhones created by Block Sport uh, Parker. You can get player info, you can get match info, you can have fan voting, uh, you can chat to other fans. Um, you know, it's, it sounds all very good. Yeah, I, I downloaded it yesterday okay. um, while I was in my sick bed. Okay. Um, I thought this will be good. The only, the only problem I've got, as as most people who, who listen to this podcast will be aware, my eyes are brilliant. Fortunately, the text on my screen has to be quite huge, hmm. uh, which gives me a problem because I can't scroll down the page on the app. Right. Um, so I get the first bit, but I can't do anything else. So I'm going to have to work on, on how to sort that out somehow. Some technical genius will let me know. 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it's on. I've had a quick look around. It looks okay. Looks pretty good. Um, again, you know, technology involved. You can go anywhere with that now. You know, that app can do can do anything. And eventually, I'm sure most things will be going on your phone and you know in life anyway. But yeah, no, it looks really good. Um, <clears throat> it gives sort of a list of you know the amount of people that had already downloaded and it was. There was a lot of people straight away on it. So, yeah, I look forward to what features they bring out. Um, I've just got to get it sorted first. Yeah. They've, they've had apps before, uh, Paul, and, and you know, they, they've been hit and miss. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, like you say, the you know, experience of, of what was a success uh, and what wasn't uh, will drive this one on. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Probably, I'll probably get lost with it, Rob. I'm not really... I'm not really one for technology and stuff. I can just about do Twitter, and I don't do that go on that much to be honest. I never have time, so so no, I'll do my best. I'll do my best to get it on. But like Parky said, I mean, my eyes aren't too bad, but it's just my uh, it's my intellectual knowledge that lets me down a bit, really. <laughs> <laughs> ah, don't put yourself down. You're Parky. So. Uh, that's all the all the big news uh, from the club, and now we're going to look at what's happening in the world of rugby league with uh, Paul Whiteside's world of rugby league. Here is this week's devil in the detail amateur report and life outside rugby league and rugby league roundup as uh, Rob likes to call it. It's got all sorts of names this. But we'll start off this week with the North West Men's League. There's no fixtures at the weekend just gone because of the Challenge Cup final. But there's some fixtures this Saturday the 4th of June in the Trophy. It's West Bank Bears against West Horton Lions. Salford City Roosters at home to Wollstone Rovers A. And Caddy Z Rhinos face Hindpool Tigers. In the Shield, Langworthy Reds are at home to Oral St. James A. And there's a fixture in Division 4 South and East. That's between Waterhead Warriors A and Higginshaw. In the um, National Conference Leagues, there was no re- results in fixtures last weekend again because of the Challenge Cup, but the fixtures for this Saturday, the 4th of June, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Wathbrow Hornets. Saddleworth Rangers face West Bowling. That's a Division 1 game. Rochdale Mayfield, sorry, is a, is a Premier Division game. Uh, Wathrow Hornets are, are doing really well. They're, they're near the top of the table. They had a great win against Egremont in the Cumbrian derby last weekend, 48-0. So tough fixture for Rochdale Mayfield. As I said, Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers against West Bowling. And there's an Oldham derby in Division 3 between Oldham St. Anne's and Waterhead Warriors. That should be a cracker. Well, there were some games played at Lee Minor Rangers last week in the President's Cup. England University is 26, the UK Armed Forces 14, and the Great Britain Police 40, Great Britain Teachers 32. So two cracking matches there last week in the President's Cup. Right, we're moving on to the other side of the world now. It was round 12 in the NRL. Uh, weekend just gone. Some uh, results for you. Melbourne Storm, they beat Manly Seagulls by 28 points to 8. Penrith Panthers, they continue their fantastic run. They beat North Queensland Cowboys by 22 points to nil. There's the Rabbitohs, South Sydney Rabbitohs, 44. West Tigers, 18. Brisbane Broncos, 35. Gold Coast Titans, 24. New Zealand Warriors, 16. Newcastle Knights, 24. Cronulla Sharks, 16. Sydney Roosters, 36. Canterbury Bulldogs, 24. St George Illawarra, 34. And Canberra Raiders, 20. Parramatta Eels, 28. 
So the fixtures for this week, it's Thursday the 2nd of June. Gold Coast Titans face the North Queensland Cowboys. On Friday, Penrith Panthers at home to Canterbury Bulldogs. Saturday, it's Manly against New Zealand Warriors. And Sunday, it's Canberra versus Sydney Roosters. All the other clubs receive a bye. Don't forget Wednesday, it's a state of origin between New South Wales and uh, and Queensland. So uh, that's preceding those games. So the table at the moment, Penrith stay top with 11 wins from 12. Melbourne a second. North Queensland Cowboys, Brisbane, Paris. Matter, Sydney Roosters, Cronulla Sharks and South Sydney Rabbitohs make up the playoff places. Canterbury Bulldogs are currently bottom of the table with two wins from 12 fixtures. Leading try scores Ryan Pappenhausen of the Storm he's got 12 and Alex Johnson of the Rabbitohs has got 11 so uh, and Pappenhausen is the leading point scorer as well with 127 so far in 12 matches. Well, moving back to uh, closer shores, it was a Challenge Cup final at the weekend. Just gone, you know the score. I'll give it to you again, though. Huddersfield Giants 14, Wigan Warriors 16. The Giants led 10-6 at the break. Wigan scoring a try three minutes from time from Liam Marshall to win the match 16 points to 14. In the 1895 Cup, Featherstone Rovers 16, Lee Centurions 30. Try for Christian Inu. He also kicked five goals from six as well. And uh, that, that game was 12 apiece at halftime, but Lee finishing really strongly in that one uh, and a good win for them to, uh, to lift the trophy. There was also a match last Monday between Sheffield and Witness in the Championship. This was a round 12 game. Sheffield won that 34 points to 24 tries for Chris Wellham and Ben Jones-Bishop there, two Salford players getting uh, getting tries in that game. And uh, and Steve Tyra kicked four goals for Witness, another ex-Salford player who got a long, uh, a long memory. There was a match on Friday night as well preceding the Challenge Cup. That was London Scholars against Oldham. Shot win for the Scholars. They beat Oldham by 38 points to 16. That was a Betfred League One round nine fixture. Um, and the fixtures for this week, we'll start off with the Championship. There was a game on Tuesday night. You're probably uh, getting this report after that. That was between Halifax and Jewsby, so you'll probably find the final score out for that one. Uh, Thursday, the 2nd of June, these are all three o'clock games. Apart from Workington against London, which is a 12.30 dinner time game. These are all games in the Betfred Championship. So Workington Town, London Broncos is a half past 12. That's on Premier Sports. The rest of them all three o'clock. Barrow against Lee. Newcastle against Featherstone Rovers. Sheffield Eagles plays York City Knights. Whitehaven at home to Batley Bulldogs. Witness Vikings play Bradford Bulls. Couple of games in the Super League Friday night. Catalan Dragons against Huddersfield Giants. Warrington against Leeds Rhinos. Uh, another couple of games on Saturday the 4th of June in the Super League. 2 o'clock, Castleford face Wigan Warriors. Toulouse Olympic play St. Helens at tea time. In Betfred League 1, 3 o'clock on the hour league gap. It's Cornwall against London Scholars. North Wales Crusaders face Keithley Cougars at half past five. That's a top of the table clash. Keithley top, 8 from 8. North Wales Crusaders second, 8 from 8. Points difference separates those two, so something's got to give there. Should be a cracking match, that one, in Colwyn Bay. On Sunday, Hull Kingston Rowers face Salford Red Devils in the Super League at 3 o'clock. Wakefield are at home to Hull FC at 3 o'clock. In the Betfred Championship all these games are 3 o'clock kickoffs on Sunday Barrow at home to Witness Vikings Batley face Workington Town. Dewsbury at home to Whitehaven. Lee St. Joins face Halifax Panthers. Newcastle Thunder against Sheffield Eagles. York City Knights against London Broncos. Betfred League 1 all 3 o'clock on uh, Sunday Doncaster against Hunslet. Midlands Hurricanes against West Wales Raiders. Oldham face Swinton Lions. And there's one fixture on Monday the 6th of June Betfred Championship Premier Sports quarter to 8 Featherstone Rovers against the Bradford Bulls. So uh, you're looking forward to some rugby league next week for the Jubilee uh, well, bank holiday days and what have you next week. There's plenty to go at there. There's plenty to go at. So take care. Have a good week. Hopefully I'll see you on Sunday at Craven Park for Hulkingston Rovers against Salford Red Devils. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Whiteside's World of Rugby League and now we're going to look forward to the Hulkingston Rovers game on Sunday. It's time for the Devil of the Deep season. 
Devils travel to Hulkingston Rovers park it off two victories in two games and hopefully Paul Rowell looking for three from three yeah looking forward to this uh, I think it'll be a cracker I really do I was looking at the fixtures for this weekend and I, I think I, people a lot of people will disagree but I think this could be the most exciting game of the weekend mm. two teams that will will throw the ball about will entertain Hulk KR have got a few injury problems um, you know, so they, 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 you have to play a certain way. And Tony Smith isn't afraid of of, of experimenting and, and trying something new. So I think it'd be a really, really good game. Both, you know, both teams in, in need of the, of the win to, to force up towards the playoffs. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm not looking forward to the journey. I never do. Um, and, and, and coming back more so due to, uh, yeah, uh, past histories. But, um, yeah, I think it'd be a fantastic game. I think our boys will be in full confidence. I hope, you know, a couple of them have recovered from injuries. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think, I think it'd be an exciting game. I think it'd be really open. And uh, because, like I say, they've lost a couple of a couple of their best players. Um, but I, don't, I, I can't, I, I honestly can't pick it, you know. I think, because I always think, oh, we can go all care. We can get a result there. But somehow there's just something about Craven Park that, that scares me a bit. Um, but no, it'd be, a, it'd be a good game as long as we can get you know our, our best or virtually our best seventeen out there. We've got a cracking chance, and it should be a, a really good game. What happened there, Paul? Were you getting advice from your spirit guard or something? No, I've got a bet on tonight. <laughs> I've got a bet on Scotland to just scored. Yeah, I've got both teams to score, so we'll just keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah, well, I like Parky was saying. Uh, you know, it'll be a tough contest. Tony Smith uh, is set to leave at the end of the season. Form's not good since the, the Challenge Cup semi-final injuries uh, to key players as Nat as well. You know, it's you know, Hawking Sarovas are in a bit of a sort of a pickle at the moment. We're in good form. You know, you're the betting man. Away win. Yeah, we've got a six-point start as well on the uh, on the coupon. So. Uh... The bookies sort of fancy okay, but I'm not too sure. I mean, I was writing the preview this week, and it was difficult to to write really because I don't know who's going to be in their squad because they've got that many injuries and that many people out. The, the form's not good, as you say. They've lost four. I think they've lost four in the bounce. They were well beaten in the Challenge Cup semi final. Two of them league defeats. They were nilled. They were nilled at 32 nil at Cass and 12 nil at Leeds. So they've not been playing very well at all. I think Abdul's been injured for him. Lachlan Coote's come back. Uh, there's one or two others. I think Matt Parcell's been out. So they've been... Tony Smith's been changing things around a bit. But I think a lot of it has stemmed from... Since his, since his announcement that he's leaving at the end of the season, their form sort of nosedived a bit since then. So, uh, like Parky said, though, they like to play um, a similar sort of game to us, don't they? Uh, you know, they like to entertain. If you look at the, the way we played against Cass, I mean, we like to throw the ball about, don't we, and play some exciting stuff. So... I think there'll be points in it. I don't think it's going to be one of those sort of a, a 12-10 or something like that. I think there'll be plenty of points in this game. But the way we're playing at the moment, I don't think we've got anything to fear. You know, our defence has been really good and that's what's won us the matches last few weeks. If you look back at the scores, I mean, we let 14 points in at St. Helens, eight points against Leeds, I think it was. Um, was it 14, 16 against Cass? Was it 14 against Cass? I'm not too sure now. But it's, it's been good. It's been really good defence. We've not conceded over sort of 18 points, three games running. So that's what's wins you these games. And if we can keep Ulkaya to sort of less than 16, 
we'll win that match because we'll score tries. We've got the, the tries in us. You know, you look at the, our edges at the moment. You've got Lafay and Burgess on one side, Dion Cross, Ken Seo on the other. There's, there's tries there. Those partnerships are working really, really well. So, um, so I, I wouldn't have any fears going to uh, Craven Park. Yeah, obviously, top six finish is is the is the aim, uh, Parker. Uh, games like this really are a market. If we can go to Hulkiar and win, shows our credentials uh, for that playoff push. Yeah, I think, uh, and we we possibly. I know it's not a good way of going about it, and I know coaches don't admit to this, but we do own one for that performance, that first half performance at the AJ Bell when we went eighteen nil down. Uh, we nearly came back and you know and upset the the game, but we, we were terrible in that first half and we didn't show our best. Um, but this is a different team, like Paul said. There, he's gone a lot the last three games. You throw the Wigan game in on top of that. You know the last four games have been tremendous. Um, we've we've really put the effort in. We we haven't always got the re, the result we deserve. But um, yeah, for for me, I think. Looking at it, like Paul said, there our defence has been has been unbelievable. We've given teams the ball on our line, and they just can't seem to break us down. Earlier in the season, we we complained quite a bit. I know me and Paul agreed on it that we tried some kicks, little grubbers in behind us, and nobody was clearing the ball up. And all of a sudden, that seemed to stop. Now I don't know what you know they've worked on or whatever. As soon as we cut that out, teams are finding it hard to score against us. And like I say, if we get a couple of players back, you know I don't know what the situation is with the injuries. Uh, and I know players were playing through the pain barrier over the last couple of weeks. Harvey Levet, Tim Lafay, uh, Ryan Braley in the, the the Leeds game couldn't make the Cast game because of because of injury, but he played in that game when he probably shouldn't. You know, hopefully they can get they're a bit more fixed up. Um, and and you look at that team. If they, if we play anything like we did against Cass, certainly in that that second half, I, I think we'll have too much for Ulkar. Predictions, uh, Paul. Have you got your League Express with you, or is it in your van? He's in the van actually, but I've screenshotted what I put because I like to keep track of it. On Before we start with that, then give us a weather prediction first. It's going to be all right, I think, at weekend, isn't it? For this Jubilee business um, and what have you. Yeah, I think it's going to be okay. Ooh. Yeah, warm and, and, and quite pleasant there. So it should be a nice drive up there. Yeah, I've gone Hulkingston Rovers 20, Salford 30. 20-30. Story behind that? Yeah, I think Joe Burgess is going to score again. I've backed him as my, uh, as my star try on our uh, prediction league that me and Park here in. That Park is doing very well at. He's, that- I think he's gone top of the table. That's going to bug <gasps> my dad. My dad's been leading it all year, but he's gone above him, so uh, he's doing pretty well. Five years undefeated as a child on the rugby pitch, and now top of the prediction <laughs> league pack. Is, it's all go for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had a good season on the predictions um, on that one, um, but mainly because for most of the time, I've backed against Salford. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's harsh. I didn't last week, and I got it. So, well, the cast game, mm. uh, and I did the Leeds game, I think it went for us. Uh, and I'll go for us again this week. Um uh, I've not thought about it so much, but I'll say I think there will be points. Uh, I really do. Uh, I'm going to say Hull KR 20, Salford 32. 32? Yeah, which is very unusual for me. I'm very cautious, but I just I just fancy us a little bit at the moment. I think we, we there's a lot of confidence in that team, a lot of belief, and uh, an Hull KR are the opposite. So, yeah, should be a good one. I like Christian Inu all over again. Uh, Paul, get him to miss. 
I know we're quite close there, though, aren't we? We just need you to do one the other way, and then oh, yeah. uh, we've got a, we've got a chance of this this magical Nando's. I mean, by the time we get this Nando's, Nando's are probably going out of business. <laughs> it's been, we've been trying that long now, but uh, but no, I, I'm with I'm with Parky. I think I think there'll be points in this game. I'm com- I'm confident though. I don't think we've got anything to fear. I think the way we're playing at the moment, I think we're playing with confidence and confidence is a big thing, isn't it? We're on a bit of a roll at the moment and you look at the the, the table, we're only two points off the, off the playoff so that picture could all change this weekend. I mean, look at the fixture this weekend, Huddersfield and Wigan are both in the cup. Will they have a bit of an hangover from that? St. Helens are playing away in France against Toulouse so there, there could be some changes again in the table this, this week. So, my prediction is Sofer will win it will finish Hull Kingston Rovers 10, Sulphur Devils 36. Oof. And I'm going for Lafay Hattrick. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Put that in your betting account. Uh, Paul, don't forget to bet responsibly while you're doing it. And uh, so Tim, so Tim Lafay is not going to pass this week when we go through. He's not going to give Burgess the ball. He's going to go on his own. He's going to be greedy and go on his own. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's basically the plan. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Another great show, uh, Parky. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go off again now. Go back, get back to bed, dose yeah. myself up, get ready for Sunday. Try and uh, make sure I'm match fit. We'll send. We'll send the later send Dawn Schofield round on uh, Saturday morning to see if you can pass her fitness test. Good <laughs> uh, <no> chance, Ella. <laughs> Another great show, Paul. Uh, great talking all things uh, Sulphur Devils. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the the chat with Chris as well. Wish uh, wish the ladies all the best, and it's, yeah, he's doing a great job there. So yeah, enjoyed the show and looking forward to uh, to a trip up the M62 on Sunday, mate. Can't wait. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Abra Parkinson, you can, fa- you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon.